shock to the heart and you're to blame baby you give podcasts a bad name okay no no nobody gives podcasts a bad name except maybe me i don't know if i'm doing it right if i'm doing it wrong i just try my best uh so hopefully you folks are enjoying it because here we go again another freshly baked podcast right out of the oven We're going to be talking about annoying things at airports. We're going to be talking about road trips. You ever been to Death Valley, California? What a place. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, Senor Fuentes is dropping by, I believe, today. Oh, God. Um, We're going to be talking about citizenship, American citizenship, the process that I had to go through and how, I hate to say it, it's a bit of a laughing joke about how easy it is to get into this country. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You decide. Uh, we're going to be talking about the rule of law and get a little deeper into the whole citizenship uh, debacle, fiasco. You may agree, disagree. It's going to get heated. And then we're going to be uh, taking some messages, some uh, emails from you folks. So get ready right here on the Harlan Highway. <laughs> you just made a wrong turn. Would you kindly shut your mouth? Onto the Harlan Highway. Oh, it's lovely. It's just lovely. The Harlan Highway. Hi, Harlan. I'm Teddy Rumpspin, and I'm your friend. Riding down the Harland Highway. I'm not your daddy. I pledge to do my duty, to do my best, to serve God and the Queen and... Oh, wait a minute. That's the Boy Scouts uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Okay, as many of you uh, know, or have detected in my accent, I am a Canadian boy by birth. I'm going through the process, applying for my American citizenship. And I thought I would share with you people some of the grilling questions that they asked me in print form. They gave me a document that asked me to check a box, yes or no, to certain questions to, so they can find out about me, my history, and uh, who I am. And I just want you to know, before I read these questions, you're going to be surprised by a lot of them. It's interesting to note that a guy like me checking little boxes is kind of the screening process about who makes it into your country. So listen to this. Here we go. Have you ever been declared legally incompetent or been confined to a mental institution within the last five years? Okay, two little boxes, yes or no. Okay, now, A, if I have been in a mental institution, do I really want people to know? What would I check? And if I wasn't a mental institution, wouldn't I be insane? So would I know whether to check yes or no? Wouldn't I just, like, pull some lipstick out of a drawer and start writing red rum 
on the mirror in the bathroom? Red Rum, Red Rum, Danny isn't here anymore, Mrs. Torrance. Danny wants to be an American citizen, Red Rum, Red Rum. Okay, crazy question. Now, I'm answering all these questions truthfully and honestly, of course, but I'm giving you folks an insight into what's being asked. Have you ever been a member or in any way associated with, directly or indirectly, with the Communist Party? Okay, do we really deal with that anymore? We're in the middle of a a holy war, a jihad. Are we really worried about the Red Curtain? Are we really worried about the old Cold War? Am I selling secrets to the Russians? My name is Georgi, and I know where all the silos are hidden. They're at the Walmarts. Am I associated with a terrorist organization? No, I'm not, people. Is that all the Al-Qaeda's have to do to get clear? Let me see, am I associated with a terrorist organization? Well, all I have to do is check no, and then they will never find out. So I will check no, and then I will come in and do some damage. It's a little scary, man. I mean, these are insane. I'm going to do some more of these. Lucky for you, you people are already citizens. But we're all citizens of the Harland Highway. Okay, so I'm going to get into some more of that later, all right? But uh, let's jump ahead to a more pressing question. Uh, Who the hell is driving those stupid carts at the airport? Have you seen them? Do you know what I'm talking about? Those, Those elongated golf carts? that carry the uh, the lazy and the overweight and the crippled from from uh, check-in counter to terminal to security gate. To, uh, you know what I mean? They're like these uh, overstuffed uh, golf carts, but yet they only sit about four people. And you got these uh, old people driving them. And they've just got that beeper on them. They're like, it's like that constant beep. Right as they drive, and it's kind of a sound that kind of blends in with the rest of the uh, ambiance at the airport, so you don't really kind of pick up on it. And these guys just kind of drive around through crowds of people with luggage, beep 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 beep, right? And you're kind of oblivious oblivious to it because you you know you're kind of in a zombie coma at the airport, anyways. You don't really want to be there. You don't really want to get on a plane. You probably woke up at 5 in the morning to catch your flight. You've just been violated at security. Beep, 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 beep. And these guys have been driving these carts around for like 12 hours straight, and they're just kind of oblivious to everyone walking. I mean, can you imagine driving a vehicle with the horn going the whole time? Imagine driving your car and your horn was stuck. And you had to drive uh, 30 miles somewhere and all you could hear was the whole way. So that's what these uh, these nut jobs on these golf carts are dealing with all day long. Just beep, 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 beep. Can you imagine I mean, you would hear that in your sleep. Let, let's say you work five days a week, nine to five. Beep, 
I mean, what do you do when your alarm goes off in the morning? When your alarm goes beep, 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 you're probably like, can I give anyone a ride? Can I get, oh, wait a minute, I'm in my bedroom. Sorry. Ugh. But they're not the best drivers. I mean, these guys don't yell at you to get out of the way, you know. They just kind of roll right through you. And you just, it's almost one of those things where you kind of happen to catch it out of the corner of your eye. And you're like, what's that? Whoa, 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 okay, well, beep, beep, beep. You jump out of the way and just get missed getting run over by a golf cart with like six fatties on it. Hello. I don't know. I'm just bringing up. I guess I'm spending too much time in airports, but watch out. Watch your back for killer golf carts and the crazy drivers that steer them through the crowds. And though I walk through the valley of death, I shall fear no evil for, yeah, the valley of death. Well, guess who actually went to the Valley of Death this past weekend? Yeah, yours truly. Me, Harlan Williams, I got off the Harlan Highway for a little bit. I took a road trip out into the desert, out in happy old California, and there's a place out here called Death Valley. You've all heard of it, Death Valley. It's a real place. And man alive... It is such a cool place. There's a lot of people out there that aren't big supporters of the desert. They're like, oh, it's just a bunch of rocks and dirt and the odd bush, and there's a lizard, and I want to go to the mall. Well, tell you what, man, you roll through Death Valley. That place is massive. It's this huge, gigantic valley of death. Not really, but there ain't much living there, man. It's just tall cliffs and rocks for as far as the eye can see. It's a big empty valley with the the basin of the valley is covered with salt. There's salt growing up out of the earth. And I'm not kidding, okay? The temperature, as I drove through Death Valley, because I have one of those little uh, temperature thermometers in my car, 123 How many of you have been in 123 degree heat? I had my window open. I put my hand out into the hot air. I'm not kidding. I could only leave it out there for about 15 seconds. It felt like the meat on my arm was cooking. And I didn't bring any seasoning salt. So I had to pull my arm back in. I got out, walked around for a little bit for as long as I could. Took a few pictures. I'll put some of those up later in the week. I'll let you know. But holy smokes, what a place. If you're planning a little road trip and you want to go somewhere unique, somewhere that looks like Mars, go to Death Valley. Make sure your car's in good shape, because if you break down out there, you will die. I'm not kidding. I think I drank a bottle of Gatorade about every half hour. The dehydration sets in. At the speed of light. I've never known what bacon felt like, but yeah. You go to Death Valley, you're like walking bacon. There's a little insight into what I do on the weekends. Death Valley, California. Just off one of the exit ramps here on the Harland Highway. I'll tell you what, man. Nothing beats a good road trip. I mean, you get in that car and you're just out on the open highway. and Oh, no. No, no. 
No. No. Ah. No. What are you doing here? Ah, God. What, what are you... What are you doing here, Senor Fuentes? My name is Senor Fuentes. I know who you are. You're my gardener. Senor Fuentes. Stop it. I'm just here for a visit, Senor. Yeah, I know you're here for a visit. You're my gardener. You're supposed to be at home working in the garden. What are you doing in the middle of my studio? Senor, I have some bad news. Oh, great. What'd you do this time? I spilled seed, senor. What do you mean you spilled seed? Well, remember you wanted me to put some grass seed down? Yeah. So I went and I bought a big bag of grass seed. 40-pound bag, senor. Yeah. That's heavy. Okay. 40 pounds is heavy, senor. I think you've made your point. It's really heavy. Okay. Well, senor, as I was walking through your yard... I guess there was a hole in the bag, and I spilled my seed all over your yard. Okay, do you have to say it like that? What, that I spilled my seed everywhere? Stop it! It was horrible, senor. I could not close the hole. I spilled the seed all over the yard, and then it went all over your welcome mat, and then I got it on your car when I ran out to the driveway. Stop it! Stop saying spilling the seed! But what do you want me to say, senor? Just say the bag ripped open and some seeds spilled out. I think that's what I've been saying, senor. I spilled my seed all over the place. Your neighbors saw it and everything. Stop it. And then I twirled into your clothesline, senor. What do you mean you hit my clothesline? I couldn't see. I was panicking because I was spilling seed everywhere. Okay. So I hit your clothesline. All your clothes fell on the ground. Oh, way to go. I spilled a whole bunch of my seed into your underpants. What did you say? I spilled my seed in your underpants, senor. Oh, God, knock it off. Knock what off, senor? There's seed all over your underpants, right on the crotch and on the back, and that little flap that opens. I got a whole bunch of seed in the flap. All my seed went in your underwear flap, senor. Stop saying, talking about my underwear flap. I'm just telling you, senor, I spilled seed everywhere. It's very... Stop it! Get out of here! Would you like me to clean up the seed from your underpants? No, get out of here! I'd hate for you to put on your underpants and my dirty seed gets all over your chimichanga. Stop it! Get out of here! Ooh, imagine that, senor. All that dirty seed going right through your underwear flap and all over your chimichanga. Ooh, stop it! Get out! Unreal. What's the matter with the spill in the seed? In your underpants! Get out of here! Right in your pretty white seed flap! Get out! Alright, you are here on the Harland Highway, and I hope you're here legally. I hope you're a citizen, because I am uh, continuing to read some of the questions they ask people who are applying for citizenship. Yours truly. Uh, Canadian boy here, but they've given me all this paperwork I have to fill out, and here are some of the questions that are actually on the citizenship paperwork, and I have to check a little box, yes or no, okay? 
have you ever been or advocated the overthrow of any government by force or violence? No, I'm just one guy. I don't think I'll be overthrowing the United States military anytime soon. Did you ever work for or associate in any way with the Nazi government of Germany? No, I, uh, I missed that whole era. I'm sorry. I wasn't born back in World War II there, sunshine. Jeez. What else have we got here? These questions just get more and more bizarre. Have you ever been uh, charged with committing a crime or an offense? I mean, is someone going to answer truthfully here? I don't know. Have you ever been a habitual drunkard? <laughs> Haven't we all been a habitual drunkard at one point? Haven't you been to a wedding or a sports bar? Here's the one I like. Question. Yes or no? Check the little box. Have you ever been a prostitute or procured anyone for prostitution? Hmm. I do have a nice, uh, a nice uh, body. I never have, but this has actually given me an idea. Maybe, you know, gigolo, radio host. Not bad. little money on the side, maybe. Have I ever been married to more than one person at the same time? Not yet. Okay, but I'm heading over Victoria's Secrets later today at the mall to see what I can dig up. Okay. Have you ever lied to any U.S. government official... To gain entry into the United States. Uh, no, I did things the right way, thank you. Although sometimes I wonder why when I look how easy it is to get in here. Have you ever served in the U.S. Armed Forces? No. Not yet. You know, so just all these crazy questions here that seem to be the final barrier between... Getting into America and not getting into America. I just, I just wanted you people to know that what's keeping the bad people out is them checking a little box that says they're good people. Oh, brother. What do you think? Time to change the system, maybe? It's a touchy topic, the whole uh, immigration thing. And yes, whether you want to believe it or not, there is a right way and a wrong way to do it. And uh, it's funny to see the flack you can get from people if you kind of stand on the side of doing things the right way, the legal way. Like if you were to take law books off the shelves and there in print it would say, this is how you enter a country, be it America, be it Canada, be it uh, Australia. Every country has their own rules, their own laws, right? So if you were to pull that book down and and look at the letter of the law, it's all there in print. But it's amazing the uh, the attitude and uh, the scorn you get from some people when you side with the the rules with the law, and you say uh, you know there's this whole situation in uh, in Arizona where the citizens of Arizona, the government of Arizona, is trying to stop the flow of illegal aliens over the border, the poorest border, and the Obama government's turning around and suing Arizona for trying to enforce its own laws. 
and you mention that to people that that it's a travesty, and they roll their eyes at you like, "Oh God, what what? Ugh, you're so right wing, or you're so left wing, or you're you're so chicken wing, or whatever." You know, they try to put you in a category. They try to category. Oh, you're such a conservative. Oh, you're you're racist. You're so oh, uh, you know. And it's like, no, I'm not anything. Save your little labels. I'm a guy who believes in the rule of law because that's the way a civilized country works. Are you going to scorn me if I tell you my family got murdered? Are you going to be like, oh, well, you can't. Come on, they got murdered. You know, it happens. Come on. Yeah, but there's laws that say that person who murdered my family should go to jail. Yeah, laws. Come on. You know, the guy was probably drinking or he didn't really mean it. Come on. What are you, right wing, left wing conservative? And people get upset when you try to defend the rule of law. It's not about race. It's not about uh, 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 people. It's not about uh, it's not about Mexicans. It's not about Canadians. It's not about any uh, any sect of society. It's about the law being enforced so that ru- things run smoothly within the borders of the country that made the law, so that things could run smoothly. You see how it's uh, a big circle. But uh, but people try to uh, redefine the law or ignore the law, and they give you flack for it by by standing up for the law. So here's my kind of final thing about that. Okay, let's say uh, let's take you for example. I don't know what you believe, but the set of ears that's listening to this right now. Okay, you might you might be uh, all about. The rule of law and stopping illegal immigration, uh, illegal immigrants, or you may be more open, or you may be in the middle, or you may be completely the other way, where everyone should come over the border. Who cares? It's America. Blah blah blah. Right. So let me throw this at you, and then I'll shut up about it. Okay. Let's say you lived in a nice house. Okay, let's say you lived in a $500,000 house or a $300,000 house with a fence around it and a little patio in the back and it was two stories and you and your family lived there and everything was great. And let's say just down the street, maybe seven houses and across the road was a guy in a house that was maybe, I don't know, a few square yards smaller than your house. And he had uh, a family, you know, four kids, a wife, and a dog. And one day he said, you know what? I just don't like living in this house. But that house down the street, oh, my God, that house, like seven houses down on the other side of the street. Yeah, that's where I want to be. Come on, kids, bring all your stuff. Let's go. And then they walk down the street, and they jump over your fence, and you're sitting on your patio having a barbecue, and you're like, uh, who are you? Oh, we're the people from down the street. Okay. Do I know you? No, we've never met. Uh, what are you doing in my yard? Oh, well, we decided we don't like our yard. We don't like our house. So we've decided we're going to jump in your yard, and we're just going to stay here. 
Now, are you going to go, oh, okay, just stay in my yard. Welcome. How long are you staying in my yard? As long as we want. Doesn't matter to us. Oh, well, go ahead. Are you kidding me? How fast would you call the cops? How fast would you want those people out of your yard? How fast would you use the rule of law to say, hey, officer, get these people out of my yard. They're trespassing. I paid for this yard. I worked really hard my whole life to buy this house. This is my property. They don't have the right just to jump over my fence and be in my yard and interrupt my family and interrupt my barbecue. They're human beings. They've got brains. They they can buy their own house. Or if they don't have enough money, they can buy a house in another neighborhood. Or if they don't have enough money for a house, they can rent an apartment. Or if they don't even have that, well, they can maybe go to school. Or maybe they can even get a low-end job where they make minimum wage and save their money and get a house that suits them until maybe they get a chance to upgrade. So my point is, think of the two houses as two countries. Get it? Yeah, I know you got it. You're not stupid. But this more or less goes out to the people that, you know, just feel like everything should be so open and dandy and free and that the rule of law shouldn't kick in when it comes to our country as a whole. So why don't you have that attitude when it's your house that's being invaded? Because it's the very same principle. And it's not about class. It's not about wealth. It's not about lack of wealth. It's not about cultures. It's just about rules and people following the rules. So there you go. Food for thought. And I know there's going to be people listening. They're like, what the? But that means you're not really listening. You're just, uh, you know, you're just looking to, uh, you know, I don't know what the word is. You're just looking to, uh, you know, inflame the situation. Because you don't want to hear any logic. You just want to believe what you want to believe. And again, I'm not saying I'm right. Of course, this is a strong opinion I'm laying on you. I never claim to be right. I, I, I claim to try to have uh, logical, educated, uh, smart thoughts from time to time. But I'm not going to be so naive and so egotistical and so bold to say I'm right. But in my mind, this is how I see things. You can disagree. But, uh, you know... Let me see you disagree when there's a strange family and their dog standing in the yard, their mouths watering, as you roll that hot dog over on your barbecue. Hello! Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I am excited here on the Harland Highway. I got an email from one of my faithful. See, you people don't believe me that if you email me, I will read your email on the air. So here we go. It's kind of about an odd topic. I did a story yesterday about farps. 
<laughs> I accused all of you of doing one at one point in time. A farp, my friends, is when you fart and burp at exactly the same moment. It's an unusual experience. It's almost spiritual. It feels good, and yet it feels disgusting at the same time. Well, one of you people out there, and I hope you're listening right now, Paul. His name is Paul. He says, I must retort on your farp. A burp and a fart at the same time. I must say that is impressive, yet I have topped you one. I actually burped, farted, and sneezed at the same time. Yeah, it was a poltergeist moment. Of course, I had no witnesses when it happened, so whenever I tell someone, they don't believe me. I have tried diligently to recreate the event, yet no dice thus far. <laughs> this guy's pretty eloquent for a guy that burps, farts, and sneezes at the same time. So let me read the rest of it here. I am glad to hear that there are others out there who have experienced the same. We'll get through this together. Godspeed, Harlan. Godspeed. <laughs> wow. Burp, fart, and sneezed. So I guess now we've morphed from a farp into a snafarp. Is it, would that be what we'd call it? A snafarp? A sneeze, a fart, and a burp? First it was just a farp. I mean, what else could happen all at the same time? This thing's growing. I'm getting scared, man. Wow. Well, Paul, thank you. Thank you, thank you for your wonderful email. Food for thought. And uh, if you folks want to tell me about your experiences, doesn't have to be about farping or snafarping. It could be anything. Email me at my website, harlanwilliams.com. I just love to hear from you, man. This guy put a smile on my face. So big kudos to Paul, the inventor of the snafarp, here on the Harlan Highway. Achoo! Excuse me, three times. Yep, three times or three strikes and you're out, and we are out of time, I'm afraid to say, my friends. Uh, too bad, because we were having so much fun, weren't we? Uh, but we'll be back. We'll be back again soon, and uh, I hope you had a good time here today, had some laughs, had a little thought-provoking conversation. Um, if you ever want to uh, give me your feedback on anything, you can, 323-215-1486. Or, like I said, just now, email me at harlanwilliams.com, and maybe we'll read your email or play your voice message on the show. Uh, but until that time, and until next time, chicken chow mein, baby.